What's up, everybody? Welcome to Ask for Candy, where a bunch of powerful men and women get together to talk about healing, self-care, love, sex, relationships, and what it takes to be amazing on the daily. Who I am, I am CandiceHarperLoveCoach.com, and I help hardworking women and couples who have survived abuse be vibrant, alive, magnetic, and passionate while creating healthy, intimate relationships. And tonight I'm coming to you live from Teaneck, New Jersey. I see my Joe has joined. I see JD. I see Adam. We're, we're in like, as usual, every week, those of you guys who tune in, you know that every week we are in the technical vortex <laughs> and trying to figure it all out. So, you know, those of you who are joining live, just know that right now I'm just trying to like get my bearings. I have a guest tonight. You're not going to be able to see him, but he's coming to us all the way from Hertfordshire, England, which is amazing, originally from London in the UK. And you guys know that right now I'm doing a theme all winter long, love and relationships from around the world. So we're going to be talking to different experts and coaches about, you know, what their modalities are and, you know, how people develop healthy relationships in different parts of the globe. So I'm curious to learn how people in other cultures relate with themselves and their self-care. Tonight, our special guest is a transformational relationship coach. His name is John Kenny, and I'm going to introduce him to you in a moment. But first, happy Monday, everybody. You are maybe listening on your TuneIn app on, to Armed Radio with your smart device, or you're listening in the garden on armedradioglobal.com. Also, if you, if you like to download later on, you know that we're on iHeartRadio, we're on Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Spreaker, all those great places. Or maybe you're live with me here on the Facebook, and I see people trickling in. You know what? I need to set it up so that I can interact with you guys, because I have you on my phone and you're kind of far away. I want to be able to interact with you guys and talk to you while we're talking. So let me just... Let me get everything all set up. You know, I'm supposed to do all this pre-work before we start the show, but <laughs> lo and behold, here we are trying to put it together at the last minute. Anyway, um, yes, if you're on the Facebook, you can talk to me. Let's see. It says I'm live now. I'm going to my live feed for those of you who are out there in the, in the listening world. And if you comment, I will be able to interact with you. Let me just turn off the sound. While we're talking. So oh. Let me just, let me get everything Wait, you, can you guys hear me? You can hear me talking to myself. Anyway, I have comments all set up if you guys want to make comments while we're having our conversation and um, interact. Also, you guys know that if you have questions during the show and you're shy and you don't want to um, you know, identify yourself because maybe it's something private. You don't want everybody to know your personal business. You can also email me at askforcandypodcast at gmail.com and any questions that you um, ask, you know, I'll talk about in a later broadcast. All right. So I think it's almost time for us to meet our guests because I'm kind of ready for us to jump into these, this conversation. For anybody who's just joined, I'm CandiceHarperLoveCoach.com. My talent is conversation. My passion is personal growth. And my purpose is to teach and inspire radical self-acceptance in myself and others so that we can all have our best possible love life. And that is why this is a conversation. We're not here to hand down a bunch of dating or relationship rules or rights and wrongs. We're not here to shame your love situation. Our only intention is to create audacious intimacy, seductive singlehoods, and healthy relationships. And so tonight and every Monday night, we're going to do what it is that we do. 
which is have conversations that engage, educate, and or enlighten all of us in the areas of love, sex, relationships, and vibrating high. So tonight, I have my very, very special guest, John Kenny, and I want to tell you a little bit about him. Those of you who are live on the Facebook, you're not going to be able to see John tonight, but you're going to be able to hear John, and he's got a lot of really, really great nuggets and you know stuff that we want to talk about around relationships. But John Kenny is a transformational relationship coach. He is the founder of Interpersonal Relationship Coaching, or IRC, author of the P-E-O-P-L-E program, speaker and documentary maker. He has been involved in the field of personal development for 15 years and in that time has not only helped thousands of clients, but has also completely changed his own life, which we're going to dig into that. Hopefully John's going to be willing to share (laughs) his little personal details. He spent his life full of self-doubt, carrying negative beliefs from his childhood that impacted that impacted in every area, his relationships, his career, and his time as an international athlete. And it's become John's passion to help as many people as possible to live a life that they choose rather than the one that stops them or holds them back, keeps them stuck or unfulfilled. John Kenny, welcome, welcome. I'm going to ask you to talk really, really loud because I got you on like three different mics. I'm trying to pick up your voice and no one can see you. <laughs> Just know. Welcome, John. Extra close. Extra close to the microphone. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what do you want to say? You want to say hi to the people? Hello, firstly, hello, Kenny. Thank you for having me on this evening. Yes, uh, it's my pleasure. In the early hours of the morning here in the UK. Yeah. And hello to everybody that's listening and watching. Oh, welcome to you. Let's see. Joe is already interacting with us. What is Joe saying? Joe says the coach is with me. Joe, Joe is is our main guy at Armed Radio, and he has a show that he does with his friend, the coach, and they're hilarious. And Joe sometimes comes on and asks us questions and talks to us. Joe says, we love you, Candace. The coach has no love life, and he is plugged up. So we're going to be helping the coach tonight, John, because <laughs> Joe's sidekick, the coach, has no love life, and he's plugged up, and he's full of self-doubt. And Vanessa is saying John is too low. So that means she can't hear. She's by remote, so she can't hear you. You're going to have to use your outside voice, John. And even if you feel crazy like you're yelling, we're going to hear you perfectly. How's that? I don't want to sound like an angry English brother. All right. We have a good relationship, whether you like it or not. Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) But here's the thing. You're probably talking to mostly, even though it's a global podcast, you're probably talking to mostly Americans. So we're used to yelling. (laughs) We won't judge you for it. We'll be happy. We'll We'll be happy to have you do it. Hi, Rhonda. Rhonda, who just joined us. Hi, honey. So um, let's just dive in. You ready to just jump into the conversation? So first, we're going to... Let's go. Right? You know, you said your tagline is that you help people to manage toxic relationships in in order to overcome blocks to success. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, because I feel like the whole issue of toxic relationships, like, you know, the reason that I do what I do is, is around toxic relationships and my own history with it. I feel like it's a very common thing. I feel like, you know, people talk about relationship toxicity a lot. And almost everyone is the victim of it. Hardly anybody is the perpetrator. (laughs) Right? So I feel like we should talk about toxic relationships and also talk a little bit about what what you're, you know, what you're referring to and kind of what your framework is around them. Yeah, so um, just go back to your point just now about being responsible. I know that I'm completely responsible for the toxic relationships I have. Yeah. Uh, because I 
I got used to toxic relationships when I was a, was a child, and, and that's what I learned. So when I grew up, I then chose toxic relationships because because that's all I knew. Yeah. Um, so I know that the choices I was making subconsciously were leading me to into toxic relationships all the time. Um, I would say the toxic relationships are just an easy way of maybe just be unhealthy where you can't be your authentic self uh, where you feel like you are are trying to be something else within that relationship which would make that very unhealthy for you there could be abuse verbal physical uh, abuse involved some coercion manipulation uh, people trying to get you to be something that they need you to be in order to meet their own needs mm-hmm. um, so if they've got a, a need where they need you to be something for them and maybe your need is to be something for them as well it's going to lead to something that's very very unhealthy gotcha so i mean what i'm hearing and what you're saying is is it, it can be a very broad definition because it's any kind of relationship where there's an expectation that you that you pretend you're something that you're not or that you try to be something that you're not yeah or someone wants you to be something that fits with what they want you to be rather than than who you are yeah, uh, and they'll try and get you to be that person in order to f- for you to meet their needs. Yeah, I feel like that is a you know, and I, I agree with you because I do feel like that is sort of the road to unhappiness is trying to fit someone else's standard. But I also feel like it, it's just such a difficult thing for people to not only recognize, but because our culture is so set up for like you know setting up your life to look good. Yeah. That a lot of times, even when we're on our own, we're living a life that's not necessarily true to us. Yeah. So, right, it's so easy to fall into that trap of, of you know, being with someone or finding someone who also fits into that, that thing where we're trying to pretend like, you know, everything's perfect. So, you know, I, I feel like it's almost like a little bit of an epidemic. Yeah, I think there's a lot of expectation out there, isn't there? Yeah. Especially with, dating, especially with like internet dating, I think nowadays, there's that kind of persona that you try and create uh, because you want somebody to accept you, you want uh, to be loved or cared about, you want to fit in, uh, you have these needs and you're trying to get them met and you will try and put the best foot forward or just a foot forward in order to, to uh, try and fit into what, you think people want you to be yeah. in order for you to be able to have that type of relationship. Yeah. So now tell me about, like, what is your... Because I know as we're having this conversation, what comes up for me, because I'm, I'm a big radical self-acceptance type coach. So talk yeah. about, like, what is your, your general framework and, you know, just kind of an overview of what you take people through to try to even, you know, if I'm somebody who I don't even know why I'm having the problems that I'm having, right? But I'm in a toxic yeah. relationship because that person has high expectations on me or I have a high expectations on myself. Like, where would you even begin if someone came to you? Wait, Kenya says, hi, Ken- hi Kenya and Joe and JD and Pam who came in. <laughs> Go ahead. So, so um, yeah, what would be your, your overall sort of framework around that? So the way that I work is, so my background's in counselling originally. Okay. So I originally first trained as a counsellor. So I use those skills to help me to understand the story behind the person that's sitting in front of me or even the couple or the, the group of people that might be sitting in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I, I try and understand them, their story and help them to understand their story. And then generally from their story, you can gauge the blockages, the ideas, the perceptions, the beliefs and stuff that they might be carrying 
based on the story that they tell you. Yeah. Once we have uh, an understanding of what that story is, there's generally quite a lot of answers in there as to why we're doing what we're doing and, and feeling what we're feeling. Um, and then once we've got that idea, we can then say, okay, we can start to twist those beliefs and change the story. Yeah. And then we use different techniques such as neuro-linguistic programming, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, different other, other coaching techniques in order to help people to kind of turn, turn that story around. But I think the way that I work is it's vitally important that people understand why they're doing what they're doing first. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I had a problem with my car, for instance, I'm, I need to get it diagnosed before I, before I can repair it. It's not like I could just change different things on the car and just hope it starts working because um, that's going to be a rare occurrence so that's actually what you need. Yeah. So to understand what the problem is and then think by in order to change uh, the life that you're living. What would you say is a common thing, a, a common theme? Because I get what you're saying because I do believe that, you know, when we can identify and change our beliefs, we can change our actions and our results, right? Mm-hmm. But what would you say is a common theme or something that comes up more often than not when you're dealing with someone around, um, you know, being able to to understand the toxicity of not being able to be yourself? Yeah, so I, I would say the most common thing w- would be how you relate to your parents mm. and how your parents relate to you. Yeah. And again, it's not necessarily that you even had a difficult or a horrible childhood and, and something bad happened. It, it's just around your perception of the events that you live through. Yeah. So you could, um, for instance, I had a client a few years ago and she had very perfectly loving and caring parents who gave her all the love in the world, but they also loved each other a lot. And every time they showed each other affection, she would feel them rejected or abandoned. Wow. So it was just her perception of that situation that then that she thought her parents didn't love her anymore. And then she started to enter into relationships with men that she would be quite guarded to start with. And then when they started to kind of back off because she wasn't showing very much, she'd start to feel rejected and abandoned and would start chasing them. Wow. And then she'd end up being a people pleaser and these guys basically would you know run rings around her all the time yeah. and get her to do exactly what they wanted her to do and she was quite happy to do that because she was trying to hang on to that love yeah. um, and even though she'd had a very nice loving upbringing so it's all about our perception uh, as a child and, and what we see and then what our brain puts in place uh, when we go through those uh, different circumstances yeah. And then we learn that, we believe that, and then generally what happens is then we fulfill that pattern as we move forward in life. So if we get used to doing it a certain way as kids, then in adolescence, and then as we become adults, we start, we, we experience that. Because if we've formulated a belief system, our brain is always looking for that belief to be made true. Sure. And then we start to choose what we're used to. And then we can just keep going around in circles and form this really unhealthy relating pattern. Yeah. that's what we've learned as a kid. Yeah. So now what would you say to people who, um, you know, they're out there and they're like, because I, I feel like, ex- you know, what you're talking about, yes, it's absolutely what we learn as a kid. And a lot of times, you know, we seek what is familiar and familial, right? Because we, mm-hmm. we have learned, you know, sometimes it, 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 maybe we had a toxic parent or maybe the whole family had a toxic 
energy or whatever, we've yeah. learned how to either yeah. be codependent or managing of it or toxic ourselves. You know, if I'm someone who's out there, let's say listening right now and and I'm feeling like, oh, yeah, I do have toxic relationships. Like, like wh- what would you say is the thing to, like, like ask myself to look at to, to help me identify it? To identify, you know, without self-diagnosing, because I feel like we do that a lot, too. <laughs> but how would I know that that's... There are a lot of videos and books out there you can look at that yeah. give you an answer. Um, but I think it's about that person's story. Yeah. It's about understanding your personal story and then making sense of why you might be thinking the way that you think. Um, because it's about interpreting your own messages. So I might react in a certain way in a certain relationship. I might act out. I might choose a certain type of person. Yeah. It's about understanding where why I'm doing that. Yeah. Being able to sort of, okay, well, I can see that that's what I grew up with or that's my perception of what relationships are really like. I might lack in self-belief. I might... Uh, have certain self-doubts which then lead me to attract certain type of people into my life Uh, and it's about understanding myself so that I can gain a a better understanding of what's going on around me yeah yeah no I get that I get that Um, now when you coach do you normally work with people do you work with couples you work one-on-one like what are you normally what is your and do you work more with men or women uh, so I work mostly one-on-one, uh-huh. uh, but I do have couples, and occasionally if people are happy to talk about their issues in a group, yeah. uh, I also run group coaching sessions as well. Uh, it's probably 60, 14 women, I would say, at the moment. Yeah. Um, but gradually I think there are more men that are, are attracted to uh, kind of coming us and finding out how they can improve their lives as well. Really? Uh, yeah, I think, think so. I think being, being obviously being a man, and I've been, I've been quite open with my story, with, with things that I've done in the past. Yeah. So you mentioned the book earlier on, documentaries. I've been very open about my own story, and I think yeah, that enables to break down a few barriers for people that might be resistant to, to talking about themselves. Yeah. Well, I love that you brought up your own story because I'm very curious. And I love what you said about that more and more men are interested in this growth conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I personally um, really enjoy when I meet men who are interested in this personal growth conversation because it makes for a much more fun conversation. <laughs> but um, also, I feel like when it comes to coaching, there is something to be said for uh, gender differences. And I don't know if it's something that I've, I've made up myself as a coach. I feel a lot more comfortable um, or that I'll be a lot more effective if I'm coaching women. But then there are men, especially because of the podcast, who come to me and ask questions and, you know, I'll have sort of coaching conversations with them. But I, you know, I have a feeling, you know, that there is some difference in the dynamic. And so I like to talk to um male relationship coaches to kind of get what their experience has been and what it's like for them and if they think do you feel like there is a difference when it comes to coaching men or women and and let me just clarify too gender specific not necessarily sexual orientation specific um no i i think that i find that most men uh if if, if anyone's going to drop out of the coaching process it's going to be a man yeah I find I find them resistant to 
more resistant. Their, their blocks for change seem to be more powerful than the women. A lot of guys that, I, that I've coached, they get they get it, and then they go, but I don't want to change it. Mm. Um, it's not always the guys that do that, but it, in general, I would say it's it's if anyone's going to pull out before the work's done, it's going to be a guy. Yeah. Um, there is there is a, a, a more of a deeper seated block, I think, for them to change. Um, what do you think? That... They, they, they seem to be looking for someone else to be at fault, I think, mm. a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, that's, that's not a sweeping statement, but it, I think for the people that pull out, is they're looking, the, the, the change is too uncomfortable, and they're, they're still looking for a different answer, and they want to blame somebody else. Yeah. So what do, what do you do when, you, when you're met with that kind of resistance with a client, with a male client? Like, how do you handle it coming from a space of, of being a man and, you know, being able to use that experience? Yeah, so I do, I do bring it up yeah. more or less right at the start. That if they find there's a resistance to change, then we need to discuss it in the session. Uh, because if they want to live a life that's free of the experiences and why they're there in the first place then that's the thing that we need to work through yeah uh, like some people are okay to do that some people you never hear from again yeah <laughs> they're like I'm just not doing it but Joe yeah, on jo- huh go ahead what were you gonna say no it's not just like you said they're just not gonna do it yeah Joe on Facebook says men believe it could be considered weakness to ask for help and then to follow a coach's advice or recommendations that sounds valid. They're still, they're still tarnished with a... Uh, um, I've got a female client at the moment and her partner doesn't want her to come in. Okay. Uh, and he said, you don't need to do this. It's Only weak people do this. But it's because he doesn't want her to change. He doesn't want her to feel better. He wants her to stay in the same space. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that it's... Yeah, everything... Everybody has their own views of, of things, but I think that, yes... Um, not so much with the coaching. Uh, coaching is seen maybe in a slightly different light, but yeah, I think there's still quite a lot of uh, uh, old ideas about what it means to get help in your life. Yeah. And what do you say to if you're d- dealing with a female client and she says, um, or even with a male client, if, like if their partner is resistant and doesn't want it, what, is, what do you mm-hmm. normally lead them to? Well, we, we look at what they want. Yeah. Really. It always goes back to uh, that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, because that's a question that most of my clients have never asked themselves: is what yeah. and why. Yeah. And then we we talk about: are you prepared to let that relationship go if they're not prepared to come on the, your new journey with you? Uh, because your life will always be if you if if you know if you're not able to kind of choose the life that you want, then your story never will never change. Yeah. Um, so it's again, it's about talking that through. What choices do they want to make? Is it got to a point now where actually their health, their well-being is actually more important than looking after their partners? Uh, and hopefully what we then look for is if we put some changes into place, we can see if people in your life are going to come with you on that journey or whether they're going to be resistant to the changes. And we need to go through that process because everybody needs to get used to change. It's not just the client and it's needs to get used to the changes, the people that are around you that need to get used to the change. And as we change, we need to allow those people, if we want them in our lives, we need to allow them to 
comfort the journey with us. Yeah. Just to see what they're capable of and what they're willing to change in order for that relationship to continue. Definitely. And then it's up to the client to make that decision. If, if that person is not coming with them and they need them to come with them for them to be okay, then, then that's up to them to make the decision. But then you've got relationships with your parents and siblings and people like that that you you can change they don't necessarily need to come with you on the journey but you can change how you are with them yeah uh, and then you can change the dynamics of that relationship and how that relationship affects you if it's a partner then that's you know if you're prepared to live with a partner that you have enough you know you don't have a relationship really with then then it can work but it's not going to be very happy yeah what do you say to, I mean, like for your own experience and for your own journey, because I feel like m my experience has been um, that part of the journey, especially being in this conversation of, of being, being aware of my growth and not just kind of, you know, obviously when I was a lot younger, I was just kind of like growing by accident <laughs> and kind of going with the flow of things. But, but getting in an awareness of it has, for me, been a journey of like relationship change and relationship changes that I was very fearful of, like whether it was a romantic relationship or how relationships would go with my family or good yeah. friends. And I'm sure you know from your own experience that there's friends that you had before you started a growth journey. And then, you know, some of those friends didn't last <laughs> or they're not still with you. And also romantic relationships often don't last um, through that kind of journey. And with all of that said, as human beings, one of our biggest biological and chemical fears is to be kicked off the island. None of us wants to be in isolation, but there is sort of a, a loneliness to changing your life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. What, so you know, what when someone is in that space where they're like, you know, that fear space of like, if I change my life right now, this relationship's going to end. Yeah. And I've been there. Like, what what would be your thing I mean, I get what you're saying. It's like, you know, what do you want for yourself? You have to move towards what you want for yourself. But I often feel like, you know, even that is not necessarily that that's the truth, but it's not necessarily the motivator or the thing that's going to going to cause a switch because ultimately, right, it, it really is about our willingness to be on our own journey. Right. Definitely. We we all need to be able to do that. But what, do you, yeah. you know, and I don't know that there's any sort of magic thing, but what what if someone were in that space and you really needed to cause a, a shift for them, like what would be your, what would you say? Well, I think when it comes to being able to, to not be on your own, yeah. I think there is a transition period uh, because if you're putting out a different energy, you're going to attract different people. And I think it's about us getting to a different energy level and putting out a different the different signals so if we change in ourselves and we put out this different energy then we're going to attract different energy towards us yeah so we can let go of those old relationships that don't really serve us any positive purpose anymore and just as we go through that transition is to look forward to what kind of relationships can i have if i'm able to give out a different energy a more positive energy a more authentic energy then the people that I'm going to attract into my life are going to be people that are going to want to want to be around me because of that energy that I give off. Mm. And I know if I'm being authentic and I'm being congruent, then the people that I've got in my life are actually attracted to me because of who I really am mm. and not of the person that maybe I've tried to be 
before uh, for most of my life. Yeah. And hopefully that's going to be the motivation for people to say, you know what, that's what I want. That's the kind of relationships I want to experience. I want to be accepted for who I am. I want to be able to be myself, and therefore I'm I'm willing to let this go in order to get that as I move forward. Yeah. I know. I love that you said that because I I feel it for myself. Like, I feel like the people that I attract now from coming from a space of just being myself, it's such a better, like, <laughs> not that they're better people necessarily. Everybody's on their own journey. But I just, I like the the love, the connection, the, you know, being able to feel lit up by your relationships mm-hmm. with people is, yeah. is so much more there when, yeah, you're attracting from being able to be yourself. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. that's a great motivator. Yeah, I think that that's a, that you know if I think it's like working on that self relationship so that you've got that self appreciation yeah uh, and that self love and then and then that will also help you to go you know what I deserve better relationships I deserve more positive relationships I deserve people on my wavelength that I can really connect as you said connect with mm-hmm. um, and you know that can motivate people to take that step that they need to make in order to change what's in their life at the moment into something else yeah and speak up for yourself i feel like there's a pam on the facebook says more pure relationships yes absolutely like just you know being able to speak up for yourself in a relationship which i think both men and women can struggle with that when they're in situationships where they can't be themselves or when they're in a toxic situation right it's like that alone you know not that we're trying to sell it to people but (laughs) Yeah, no, it says you've got a voice, right? You, yeah. You, know, you need to know you've got a voice. Absolutely. And if you're in those types of healthy relationships, those people will let you have a voice because they'll listen to what you've got to say, whether they agree with you or not, and you can have an adult conversation Yeah. about where where this is. You can say, well, okay, that's, you know, we don't agree on that, and that's fine, but I've heard you, and if that's what you want and that's what you need, I'll, I'll do my best to, to help you with that or be that person. They might not be able to do that because of who they are themselves. Yeah. They're not going to shout you down or tell you that you're wrong because you're trying to say, this is what I want and this is what I need. Um, but again, you know, in an unhealthy relationship, that's exactly what you're going to get. You're yeah. You get someone who doesn't want to hear your voice. Or even just is, uh, you know, it's not always shouting, it's not always abuse. Sometimes it's just neglect, disinterest, yeah. right? Yeah. When there's yeah, not that connection, you, cold shoulder, quiet, you know, silent treatment, some passive-aggressive stuff that goes on. Yeah. Um, just to make you see that actually, whatever you do, whatever you say, is not really going to make any difference. Yeah. So we would say definitely the the main thing to look for because I, I I have a you know everybody's situation is different and the same at the same time right so it's really hard to put rules around it but for those who are listening out there you know the main thing is to be able to ask myself like am I able to be 100% myself like that's what I'm getting from what you're saying like if I if I don't want to be in a toxic relationship I just want to be able to be me mm-hmm. right Joe says yeah, find out who that is right and finding out I love that you yes like finding yeah. out who am I like who do who do who do I want to be in the world? Who do I choose to be? And, and yeah, who am I? Ultimately, Joe says, letting go is the hard part, but when you do, true growth has a chance to develop you as an individual. Definitely. And Pamela says, indifference. I think she's referring to what we were talking about before, when people are in a relationship that's toxic and, and you know, a partner can be indifferent towards you. Yeah. yeah 
But I want to reiterate what you said, John, about figuring out who you are. And in as much as, you know, a lot of times we identify ourselves with maybe the region we come from or who our family is and all of that stuff. I mean, I'm someone who is is not afraid to admit well into my 40s. And it took until my 40s to really be able to understand and stand for who I am and yeah. know what I could choose and know what was inevitable and, and be good with all of that. So, yeah. but that, it took a willingness to even question it. Yeah, you yeah, know, same, same, same. I'm well into my forties before I uh, actually became happy with who I was. Yeah, and, and then thought, you know what, I'm good being me. Yeah, you know, and I need to go out there and just be myself. Yeah, uh, it took me many, many years to get over the things from my past that led me to acquiesce to other people and think I needed to put on a mask and be something that everybody wanted me to be through that fear of rejection and abandonment and yeah. connection. Um, and then I just thought, you know what, after doing a lot of work on myself, it was the point I got to the good of you and you just need to go out there and let people see what that is. So that, that brings up my question earlier. I was about to ask about your own personal story. Um, I talk a lot about my personal story for how I became a coach and how I even got into all of this conversation in the first place. So I want you to share a little bit, John, like, like what was your, you know, sort of relationship flora and fauna? Like what was the thing that was the impetus for you to want to help other people with their relationships? Was there a major challenge? Go ahead. Uh, no, I don't, I don't. I've always been in sort of a service work wise. Um, I even remember when I was, um, in the sixth form, so I was probably about 16, 17 years of age, and I used to sit in the corner of the sixth form block with my lunch, and people used to just come and sit next to me and tell me their problems and ask me for advice. So I was always someone that people would talk to. Yeah. Um, but I had a lot of issues around myself based on my own experience as a kid, where I learned to do relationships in a very unhealthy way, then the first sort of relationships that I had when I was a teenager, well, they were quite abusive as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the first relationship I had when I left home, that was borderline narcissistic. She was massively insecure and had lots and lots of problems and I was constantly treading on eggshells and trying to keep her happy. Yeah. Um, and then I just really had a succession of kind of relationships I bought into were really toxic and unhealthy mm-hmm. and the relationships that were rejected were very nice and loving and caring mm. so I would if anyone was treating me really nicely I didn't know how to handle it so they would probably say I was a bit of a narcissist at that point yeah um, or, or was quite a toxic person because I was doing everything I could to create distance in those relationships and I wasn't a very nice person yeah uh, because I didn't know how to handle nice relationships so I turned them into something that which is what I knew which was unhealthy yeah what was uh, familiar right uh, yes and I kept chasing all the ones that were no good for me yeah. uh, I then had counseling therapy myself um, that didn't really change who I was as a person it just helped me to understand where I came from and got a lot of baggage out of the way mm-hmm. uh, but it didn't do you know <laughs> didn't stop me from still doing the same things over and over again um, and it was only when I met a coach and she advised she sort of said you're just telling yourself the same story yeah you know you don't have to live this story and I was like what is my life it's my story she said yeah but change your story yeah um, and it was only then that I started the work 
and that was about seven or eight years ago that I started the work on actually saying, okay, well, I gave myself permission to do something different. Wow. Uh, and then I started working with clients in a slightly different way. And then really the last sort of three years or so, of my, my personal growth has been you know, exceptional. Yeah. Really and delving into myself has been life-changing. Yeah. But knowing I could do it, I think I you know, started to really accept who I was, doing the exercises that I needed to do to fully accept me and then change what I thought I wanted and what I deserved uh, has, been, has been the massive change. Yeah. yeah. I love it. And it sounds like an ev- like a, it's an evolution, right? It's like... Mm. Constant. Right? We, I, we live in a day and age where I think people want their results like that. They want everything to shift really fast. But, you know, when it comes to having... And, and it, I think it speaks back to, you know, when we're fearful of how our relationships will change when we start on a journey of growth, it's it's because we think that as soon as I start doing something, everything's going to shut down and it's all going to change. But, you know, based on the your, you telling your story, like it sounds like you very much had like a, a, an evolution. And mm. I don't know if you're it's like, I've many, many years to to put the different things into place. Yeah. Many, many, many years. Yeah. It's like you. Huh? The neuroplasticity, the, the way your brain works. Totally. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes, you know, a minimum of 21 days, a maximum of 284 days or something like that to form a new habit. Yeah. You know, so it's that consistency in your change, in, in, your, in your change of behavior, changing your thoughts, of your change of life. Yeah. But it's that consistency and, and not to be scared of what it might bring. Right. But I think... Uh, your brain is wired to not really like change anyway most of the time. Isn't it? so. It's true because I feel like, you know, for me, I can know something for a very long time, but to actually apply it to anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, you know, anything that I ever have applied, it usually took a long time of, of knowing that I should be applying it <laughs> or I could be applying it, I should say, yeah. that I yeah, could make yeah. that choice. Yeah. 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 Too, like you said, it's about making that choice, isn't it? About saying, actually, why am I not doing that? Right? No, it's true. Now, see, I know, I know it could be better, but I'm not, I'm not putting it in place to see if it could be better. Right? Like the brain has not stretched, the synapses are not reconnecting, and I'm not, I'm not implementing. But it is possible, you know. I think when we're we're patient with ourselves and you know willing to do like you were talking about to have an evolution, to have it be a slow change. If we're willing to just you know pace ourselves I often with my clients and when I do group coaching I always incorporate a yoga practice no matter what level you're at because I feel like it's such a good metaphor for how we change ourselves it's like mm-hmm. you know it takes time to you know, a lot of people will say I don't do yoga because I'm not flexible and it's like they're missing the point yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> it's like you want to get there so you you start you take the small steps right yeah in order to have that around isn't it? the reason you're not flexible is because you don't do yoga exactly <laughs> exactly so Pam she on Facebook she's saying I think it's critical to do the growth work first before entering into any kind of relationship the comments around unconditional acceptance of who you are and understanding that you deserve a healthy, vibrant, pleasure-filled, sexy experience that adds and expands our knowledge of self really resonates with me. I agree with you on that, Pam. The one thing I would say, though, is that um, the doing the growth work, I don't know if it's about necessarily putting it before a relationship. I feel like it's something that 
um, we don't we don't always consider something that we should just always be doing. And when you're alone and when you're single, that's a really great time to be doing it because <laughs> you can really. Would you agree, John? That that's yeah, definitely. And you're not gonna, you're not really sure how you're going to be until you actually get into the relationship. Yes. Uh, um, I would say yeah, definitely doing the work on yourself is key. Yeah. But until you go into a relationship, you don't know if you've actually done the work that you need to do. Right. Um, and relationships are growth work. Yourself to connect. You don't know if you're going to keep if this person is if you're going to ignore the red flags or if you're going to keep doing what you've always done. Yeah. So, yeah. So you definitely need to find yourself and, and and know what you want. But then if you don't take those steps into the relationship as well, you're not going to know if you, you, you're doing it in the right way for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I was going to say, relationships themselves are growth work, too. Yeah, sure. You right? You about yourself when you're in them. Right? Exactly. You won't know, like you said, you won't know till you get there. Yeah. Right? And then there's more to be had. And I also think, too, just, just you know, with a framework of, of expecting the growth and knowing that the challenges are going to come is is part of it, too. And, and being okay with that. Yeah, you know, not looking for them. Gets triggered uh, if you, you know, when you're not going to know if you're going to get triggered until you go into a relationship. Yeah. I mean, it's what you do with those triggers, whether you're able to say, okay, I don't do this anymore, or, or whether you just go with it again. It's, it's you know, you, you need to kind of practice. Yeah, it's practice. It's all practice. This whole life is practice. Joe says, application comes with self development. Yes, Joe, I love that. Um, Pam says, change is like riding the cyclone. Scary, thrilling, sometimes a little nauseating, <laughs> but still worth the ride. Still, I choose, I choose to do it again. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But this also brings us to the other thing that I wanted to get to is your six tips for healthy relationships. I want us to um, get through. The, this hour goes by so fast. We're already at forty-five. It like okay. <laughs> so. Let's I want to through these six tips. Let's get through these six tips. I might stop you in between just to talk about a little. You know, try, try to fit in a little bit of chat about them. But you know, go ahead and and you know, start with number one. Let's go through them. Okay, so prioritizing each other. Um, I like that one. So what? When I started working with my clients, a couple's clients, when I was counselling, mm-hmm. there was a lot of compromise going on. And then I realised that compromising wasn't a great situation for people to be in. Um, because when you compromise, it's generally that you feel like you're going to be giving something up. Mm. And we don't really like to give stuff up. So when I talk about prioritising, it's coming from a place of love. And it's a coming place of... Uh, letting go of your own stuff and saying, okay, if this is something that makes this person happy, then I'm prepared to do that because I want them to be happy. Yeah. And that's going to make me happy. And therefore, I'm not compromising at all. I'm just being able to say, I prioritize the fact that you're going to be happy and that's going to make me happy. Yeah. I don't mean people-pleasing. That's a whole different story whatsoever. But if you're in a healthy, loving relationship and there's something that someone, you know that someone else wants you to do and it's going to put a smile on their face, then hopefully I can buy into that and say, so if it's putting a smile on their face, it's going to put a smile on my face as well. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm happy to prioritise their needs over my own at those times because I, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that language is a little sticky for me, though. And I'll tell you why. 
<laughs> well, I love what you, you know, said. It comes down to it comes down to differentiating between people pleasing, yeah, and and a healthy relationship. If yeah. I'm just doing it because I want them to be happy, and that's a constant in the relationship, that's very unhealthy. Yeah, and, and that's signs of a toxic relationship because you're always doing what the other person wants you to do. But we're talking about being able to prioritize the needs of somebody else. Yeah. Because we all have our own needs and we generally live our life trying to fulfill our own needs. And if we can make our need a healthy need, which is to say, I'm happy that you're happy, um, then that's a really good thing. Because it doesn't mean that we feel like we're giving something up. And then the resistance to not do that for somebody will then um, will disappear, hopefully. And also that needs to be reciprocated. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't I don't disagree with any of that. I think that where it gets a little bit slippery is that um, th- there is a value in selfishness. Let me explain. <laughs> right? I haven't got a name for it. Right? It's, it's that filling yourself up so that you can then overflow into that person. You know, people who tune in, they know I say that all the time. But I do, I agree with you. Like, I do think that there's nothing wrong with pri- prioritizing um, a partner or your partner's health and happiness and you know wanting to do things that you know will make them happy because that's part of love and connection right but I think sometimes where we slip up is that we get attached to that we can make them happy and um, you know it, it's just it's a very slippery it, it, it requires a lot of balance and an understanding that if, I, if my intention is to make you happy I have to not be attached to successfully doing it. And I have to know that I have to make myself happy in order to be able to, to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's kind of that thing about people-pleasing. I think if you're attached to to making somebody else happy, you're being a people-pleaser. Yeah. And, and that's fulfilling a need, an unhealthy and maladaptive need within you. Yeah. I completely agree that it, it's just there's a balance there. It's uh, maybe... I. I I need to change the order of this list to kind of make sure that you're in a healthy space first. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's all about being able to prioritize somebody else. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's not. It's not about doing it because you're. Um, because you're just going to please them all the time. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, I completely agree about the cup. Uh, I, I like to call this positive selfishness and negative selfishness. Uh-huh. So negative selfishness is basically oh, like monkeys about what you want. I'm going to do this regardless of how you feel. Yeah. And I don't really care. Yeah. And positive selfishness is saying, do you know what? I need to do this for myself. I know you might not like it. Yeah. But actually, if you care about me enough, you'll understand the reasons why this needs to be done. Yeah. Uh, and you need to do that. You, like you said, you need to fill your own cup because if there's no one around filling your cup for you, you're just going to run out. Right. Uh, and if you keep people pleasing and filling everybody else's cup, then there's nothing left for you at the end. Right. And then there's also that when we're not willing to fill our own cup, that insistence that our partner do it, which I think is also very toxic. Right. And I, you know, I I don't assign that to either gender because I've I've known both men and women who've been in a situation where it's like their complaint was that that person didn't give them what they wanted. And I feel like so many relationships break down because people are in this conversation of, well, they didn't do this and they didn't do that and they didn't show up for me in that way. And you know, it's, that's where the toxicity is, this expectation that someone, mm-hmm. you know, can yeah. can fill you up in a way that you're not filling yourself up, right? And Yeah. 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 yeah but I, I get it. I, like, where you were coming from with saying prioritize your partner, like, I, yes. 
I'm on yeah, board it's, with that. It's just, it's just a little <laughs> tip when you, when you don't want to compromise. Yeah. You know, it's okay, I'm going to do this because I'm happy for you. Yeah. Um, even though I might not really want to do it, even though it is just for you this time. I'm going to do it. you're going to be happy. I'm happy to do that. But again, you know, like you said, there needs to be a healthy balance within that and you need to be healthy within yourself Yeah. to be able to, to carry that out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, let's try to get through as many as we can. The, the time goes by because, John, I like to talk about everything. I don't know if you noticed that. Yes, yes. <laughs> but go so ahead. The next one is about spending time together. So we need to connect, really. Yeah. Um, so spend some quality time, being able to allow yourself to be open and caring with somebody uh, and share intimate moments. Um, we, we, I mean, especially myself, I've carried a lot of issues around connection in the past. I wouldn't allow myself to connect with anyone too deeply. Yeah. Um, and then what happens generally when we get into relationships is that life takes over and we don't spend that quality time together. We might just, you know, see each other fleetingly. Or if you've got children, the children become your priority and therefore you don't spend enough time on each other. Yeah. So I think it's just important that we remember that we're in a relationship with someone. Um, and at the start, we probably spent a lot of time with one another and made each other happy and did lots of nice things or a few nice things but spent some quality time together yeah and it's really important that we allow ourselves to connect on that level throughout the relationship I like that and I like that you said quality time and I feel like one of the misconceptions about quality time is that it means that we're and and it can mean this but it doesn't only mean this that we're doing stuff that we both like I also think quality time is time spent acknowledging each other focusing on the good things that your partner does. A lot of times when I work with couples, a lot, the communication issue will be that they're only focusing on what doesn't work. And they're always chastising each other yeah. you know, for yeah. what doesn't work. And I think oftentimes people treat their partners like the way they were raised. So if they had parents who were very critical, they, they start parenting their partner. Right. So I think the the uh, big thing with quality time is like spend time actually acknowledging and focusing on the good things that your partner does and yeah. what's good about like what you originally loved about them and what you love about them today and all of that stuff. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah no, I completely agree. Yeah, there mm-hmm. is there is that. There is that as time goes on, isn't there, that this isn't working for me. You don't do this. You don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And we do miss on when we all uh, something to do probably with our brain being negatively biased right (laughs) looking for yeah it's positives all the time um and then that leads to that lack of something that's coming up in one of the other tips Mm. it leads to that disrespect it leads to that that conditional love um and everything's based in what we can do for each other yes Um, yeah um and again, that again comes down to that self stuff as well. If you're not, you're not fulfilling yourself, yeah. you're going to pick on everything that the person's doing that may trigger that inside of you as well. Yeah. Now, I love that you said conditional love because I've actually done whole shows around unconditional love because I feel like it's such a trigger for a lot of people, especially people who don't believe that it's possible or have a history that dictates that you know, you can't have an unconditional love relationship. What do you feel about that? I've asked a couple other experts I've had, and I've gotten mixed reviews, even from someone who was like licensed clinical. They were like, unconditional love? <laughs> like, what's that? Like, it's some like... <laughs> well, I do, I do, when I do do my workshops, I do say there is no, no such thing as a selfless act. And that, no, say that again? No such thing as There's a what? No such thing as a selfless act. Selfless act, got you, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So um, I would say, yes, I can give you unconditional love. I don't expect anything from you Yeah. to give you that love. So, yes, they definitely it can exist, and it does exist. Yeah. I'm still probably meeting a need within myself by doing that. Totally. So is there such a thing as unconditional love? Is the condition that I'm going to feel good about myself because I'm giving you unconditional love? Mm. It's a bit of a uh, grey, grey area. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's but a good I point. I would suggest, yes, there is something as unconditional. I, I'm not going to love you just because you're going to give me something in return. Yeah. But by loving you... I'm probably fulfilling a need within myself, which then means it's there is a condition attached. Right. That's a good point. I could I could buy that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could buy that. Yeah. I mean, and and you're right because I feel like yeah, the the condition. But but with that said, if if I'm not holding myself to making sure that I feel good from it, and I'm just doing it based on the good feeling, then yeah. you know. I, well, I would say that's unconditional. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right, so this is what we're going to do, John. We have, what, four more to go? Yeah. We're gonna, I'm going to let you do them with velocity, and then I'm going to let you tell everybody where they can find you and how to get in touch with you if they want to work with you. Okay, so quickly, number three is just respect each other. Okay. I think we take each other for granted when we get used to being around somebody. Um uh, and I think, as you mentioned earlier, on our old types of behaviours will come in as well uh, from our learned relationships. Um, so I think it's just being able to hold that certain amount of respect for one another and making sure that we don't take each other for granted, even though we become very familiar mm. with each other, and, and make sure we hold on to that idea of respect. Um, to show that you care doesn't mm. always come from the same space. So the kind of the five love languages. Yes. Um, is to learn basically how the other person feels love. Yeah. So if I like to say I love you a lot, but you're a cuddly person, I can say I love you and a thousand times a day, but you won't feel it because I'm not I'm not hugging. Yeah. Uh, and vice versa. If if you're hugging me a lot but you never say it, then I'm probably never going to feel like you love. So to figure out what the person what the person's preferred style is, it, we all have a, a mixture generally. Uh huh. Um, but if I, le- if I grew up learning that when people did things for me, I felt cared about, and you don't do anything for me, but you just give me lots of cuddles, then, again, I might not ever feel like I care about. Gotcha. So it's just learning what the other person's style, preferred style might be, and then trying to do a little bit more of it. Yeah. Um, I think maybe, like I said, this maybe could have come further up, but this is just to be aware of your own feelings. Mm. So what's your stuff? Um, how do you feel? Uh uh, where does that come from? Has it got anything to do with a relationship? If it's not nothing to do with a relationship, it's something to be um, aware of and, and to work on that so that you don't bring that stuff into the relationship. Um, are you disconnecting for a particular reason? Do you find it hard to connect? What's your safety zone? Where do you go to kind of escape from connecting to people too deeply? How that might impact on your relationship? So. It's really important to know yourself. Hey, wake up. Um, within that relationship. Gotcha. Uh, and lastly, is, is just to love yourself. Love yourself. I love that one. All right, we got one minute left with Armed Radio. We we can still keep going with Facebook for a couple more minutes. But go ahead and tell the Armed Radio people where you want them to find you. The people out on audio. Yeah. So if people want to check out the stuff that I do in a bit more detail, then uh, you can find me at uh, johnkennycoaching.com. 
johnkennycoaching.com. Johnkennyis.ky.ny. Um, and I'm available uh, all over social media, so you can find me at John Kenny on LinkedIn, on Facebook, John Kenny Coaching, Twitter, John Kenny Coaching, Instagram, John Kenny Coach. Um, so if you want to contact me on there or just follow me on there, that'd be great to have you on board. Uh, and send me any questions, email, you just send me an email, info at johnkennycoaching.com. I'll be happy to answer anything that you've got. Um, and if you also fancy the idea of some coaching, then um, I do offer a, a consultation for free. So awesome. People can have a chat and let me know what their needs are and see if we can work together to get that sorted out. Awesome. That's for the armed radio people. For the people who are on Facebook and social media, we will also put John's links in the post so that you can find him as well and his handles in the post armed radio people until next time never forget that you're a love machine if you ever start to feel like you aren't getting the love you need just make more and ask for candy for the people who are still live on the facebook um like i said we're going to put john's links if you want to work with john if you want to coach with john also when you go to johnkenny.com you can get a pdf of these six tips right so, right. Yeah. right. So if you had any trouble hearing or if you didn't get them all, if you want to make sure you got them all and you don't want to go all the way back through the video, which I recommend going back through the video. But if you don't want to do all of that, I totally understand. You can go to John Kenny, Kenny coach, John Kenny coaching, right? Or John Kenny dot com. John Kenny coaching dot com, which I'll also put the link in the post and you can download the PDF for free. Joe says, great show, Candace. Thank you, Joe. I'm glad that you were here. Eliza, I'm glad you were here. Marcy, Jonathan. Also, I just want to tell you guys about the Epic Intensive, my group coaching for women. If you're an abused daughter raised by an abused daughter, register for the Epic Intensive, which is going to be starting, I believe, in January. But I am taking complimentary calls just, you know, for a little bit of coaching to find out if it might be a good fit for you. Uh, we are turning stressed out or abused daughters into epic women. If you want to heal your history with your mom, master the skills to create healthy relationships or start all over from a clean slate and begin attracting healthy love in your life, go to my business page, Candice Harper Love Coach, and just apply for the free call and we'll talk about it and I'll tell you all the information and you can let me know if you feel like it's something that's right for you. Also, through the holidays, I'm offering a communication crisis call, which, you know, we go through the holidays with our families and our partners and, you know, a lot can come up. So you can call me at any time during the holidays. I'll put a link um, in this in the post or in the description of this uh, video. Also, I will put the link on my business page so you can, you know, click on that link and I have a pretty open schedule for that. So if you have a relationship crisis, a communication crisis, a conflict, somebody throws the you know Christmas ham across the table at you because you said something that was out of pocket and you need to talk about it and you need to figure out how to break through with that communication, you call me, we'll work it out. My Instagram, at Candy Love Coach, at Ask for Candy Podcast, and at Curvy Brown Yogi. And that's it. I want to say, John Kenny, thank you so much, my love. Well, thank you for having me. It, it's been it, a great pleasure talking to you. Right. Um, and I hope your audience has uh, enjoyed the show as well. I think they have. It's been a pleasure with you as well. I don't have very many men on the show as experts just because... You know, not for any reason, just as far as uh, people reaching out and saying, I want to be on the show. And I'm really excited that you took the plunge and you were like, let me try this out and <laughs> and see what it's like. And that you stayed up so late. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that you do something like this. It's, it's great to, 
to kind of spread the word and like you said to know that men can talk to someone or can be open about relationships and their emotions and it doesn't need to be a tough thing or anything to be scared about or anything to be concerned about this if you can live a healthier life you can just live a healthier life absolutely absolutely and you guys heard it from a man Get out there, take care of your emotional and mental well-being. And there's a lot of really great people like John Kenny out there who are who are there to support, right? Just to so. quickly tell you a little quick story before yeah. we just disappear. I was out shopping with a friend of mine uh-huh. man, the other day, and we were in the shop, and he said, oh, let's go and find this thing. And I said, okay. And we walked around for about a day. I said, look, let me just ask someone. And he went, no, no, you can't do that. <laughs> I said, why not? And he said, we don't ask people things. So I said, no. You forget, you forget, but I also do feelings. Right. I'm not worried about asking for someone if I need some help. Right. Well, I don't know if I can do that. Don't worry about that. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> and that's such the stereotype, right? I love yeah. it. I love that you're... Yeah, it was so... I mean, I, I thought... I never thought I'd hear that from someone again, but yeah. it was really strange. He's like, no, you can't ask. <laughs> we don't do that. We don't do that. No, exactly. <laughs> So, yes, listen to John. You, you, you can ask if you're a man out there and you need the help. You absolutely can ask. All right, John Kenny, it's been a pleasure. I'm going to sign off with the Facebook people, Kenya and Pam and Joe and everybody. Thank you so much. Kenya says, good night, Candace and John. Pamela says, enjoyed the conversation. Joe says, great show. Uh, Eliza, she just came in late, so she missed it. But, but <laughs> bye, everybody. Thank you so much bye, for everyone. being here. John says, bye, everybody. Bye.